We're going to jump right into it. This is going to be a good one. What is my purpose? I know some people are lost about purpose. Uh, some people, you know, think purpose is one thing. Um, it may not be. Um, we just need to get down to the bottom of what is purpose. How do we find our purpose? Um, what is God doing with our purpose? And we're, we're talking to men, but of course, we're talking to everybody tonight. So let's uh, jump right into it. Darius, could you could you uh, lead us in with a quick prayer? This is going to be a, a short one, like we said last time, and it was two hours, but uh, we're going to pray. Right. Um, Father, we just come before you humbly, just asking you to uh, show up and show out tonight. Allow us to say the things that you want to be said, not what we want to say, not what they want to hear, but what you want to be said. Um, prepare people's ears to hear and our hearts to receive and allow it to penetrate deeply that provokes change. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let people know we're on this live. Uh, we won't be on here long, but I believe that God is going to speak. So I thought it was necessary uh, as we're leading up to this restored a retreat. If you do not have, uh, if you have friends or you have family in New York City or anywhere in the surrounding areas, we encourage you to register your friend or your brother or sponsor or brother. We are nearing, you know, we're closing out. It's only a hundred men. We still have a few more spots left. Few people, um, several people have sponsored brothers. We want you guys to be a part of that. If you want to donate, you want to sponsor, go ahead, hit the link in bio. You'll be able to sponsor a brother. It's going to be amazing. These conversations are going to be there and they're going to be so much more potent because they're going to be so much more intimate. So we're talking about purpose. Um, there's a, in, in the book that we wrote, uh, The Whole Woman and The Whole Man, the first chapter talks about identity and purpose and the relationship between identity and purpose. And God, when he created man, he first established uh, identity via relationship, but then he sent man, sent man out to carry out his purpose on earth. And man's purpose, while there we can delineate a lot of things that God called man to, to, to do, but it is to represent God on earth or represent God to earth, to be a vessel for God's good works, good thoughts, good ideas on the earth to be a steward of what God has given. And so we're going to dial into what that really looks like, purpose and identity and purpose. And it's very, very clear that many of us do not or have not accessed purpose or are lost, confused about purpose, not because we're just illegitimate and we don't know what we're doing or we're just not in touch with our, you know, with our spirituality, but because there is brokenness in our identity. If you do not know who you are, you will never access fully what you're called to do. That does not mean that you're not gifted. It does not mean that you don't have skills. It does not mean that you don't have influence. It means that there is a vision that God has for you. And you're not going to be able to access God's idea of you and vision for you until you truly tap in to who God has established you to be. So he said, let us make man in our image. He bestowed this, uh, the nature of man by his own identity. Basically, um, God created all things. And uh, it was funny when he created animals, he said, um, the, the, you know, animals beget animals after their own kind but when he created man he said let us create man in our own image as if we are made after his own kind so man is literally made in the image of god because we are made after his kind we're made in his image calling us sons um there's a there's 
insinuation that we are sons because <coughs> when, uh, when a animal or organism springs forth to an, a following or, organism, that relationship is parental. So God establishes our relationship and identity at the same time as this parental father-son relationship between uh, him and man, mankind. So it, was, it wasn't until he did that that he, that he called man into the garden to steward it. So I like to look at, and I'm going to let Darius jump into it. I like to look at it like this, because some people, and I want to kind of hear from you guys, some people believe that their vocation is their purpose or where they find themselves working. They're like, okay, this is my purpose or, or just simply the gifts that God has given them. They'd be like, they're like, okay, that's my purpose. I wouldn't say, and, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, I wouldn't say that the current vocation that you're operating in is the fullness of your purpose. People used to ask during our VIPs at the Poets and Autumn Tour, they'll be like, how did you know that spoken word was your purpose? And I would always tell them that I don't believe that spoken word is my full purpose. I believe that God has allowed me with this gift and uh, allows me to use this gift of spoken word to be able to apply myself to his full purpose, but it's not my full purpose. Why do I say that? I say that because if there's any, if there ever becomes a time where God pulls me away from spoken word or from the stage, I have not lost purpose, but rather God is just shifting me to align myself with his full vision for me. And the reason why you don't tie your vocation to your purpose is because at any time God could call you out of your vocation, call you out of your job, call you out of your career the way he called Abraham out of his country and his kindred to follow his voice where he goes. So our voices, our purpose is more tied to what God is saying and what God is doing rather than what we're skilled at, what people appreciate from us and all of those things. But I will say this, that there are characteristics of purpose. And if you don't have these things, then it's very clear that you may not fully be operating in purpose. I always say that there is a cycle uh, or, or a, yeah, a cycle for, for purpose and God's glory. So it always flows from God through us to others for his glory. From God through us to others for his glory. If it doesn't operate with that cycle, then it's, it's safe to say, then you might not be operating in purpose. And I also say that uh, another way to put it is, purpose is the world's withdrawal of God's deposit that keeps your account full. What am I saying? It's, it's, it's the world pulling from what God has deposited that keeps your account full. And what account is that? What I'm saying is purpose is one of, is the one thing that requires you to empty yourself in order to become full. It's one of those things that, you know, I don't care what you're doing and I don't care how much it exhausts you and depletes you when you're operating in purpose, there's something that drives you and motivates you and keeps you full while doing it. And if there is that thing, that, that 
straight about it, then you can, you're, you're knocking on the door of purpose. I want to open the floor up for my people that are uh, in the, uh, asking questions. You can ask questions and ask them in the question box. I'm going to open the floor up for my boy, uh, Darius. We're going to get into this thing. Um, we're not going to spend too much time, but we're going to hold this thing for about 20 minutes and we're, we're going to get to the bottom of it. Darius, you have anything to chime in with, bro? Man, listen, so first and foremost, you know, you know me, like this is, I'm very passionate about the purpose part. And uh, I feel like it's so key. I think that one of the things that you said that was really good, and I seen the question down there is like, does purpose have different seasons? And I think that we have to understand that like what, what, what God may have you doing in this season and what you may be doing in another season doesn't necessarily, like it's not the totality of everything, Right. And I think Jesus is a great example of that. Like there were moments where he was doing the, uh, there was a part of his purpose was to get the disciples together and to get them to be able to move forward. And a part of his purpose was to heal and, 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 and spread the kingdom. A part of his purpose was to die. But another part of his purpose was to resurrect again. And then another part of his purpose was to ascend in order so that one greater could come and be with us. And so the totality of that is his purpose. And you just have to understand where you are in the different parts and allow God to reveal it to you, right? One of the things that Jesus always talked about was he talked about his relationship with his father. He talked about how he only seen with the, uh, with the father, um, what he saw the father do and only said what the father is saying. And so, for so many of us, I think that one of the main things we have to do is find out like the like the the grassroots level is find out where did your identity come from? Like, where did your identity and your purpose fr come from? And one of the things that comes that come to my mind when I think about that is the uh, I think about in Genesis when God is asking them, like, who told you you were naked? Like, who said that? And my question to a lot of us would be like, who told you this about yourself? Who said that to you? And when did you decide that that was going to be the thing that you grasped onto and move forward in that being a part of your identity? Like somebody told you that you wasn't this, somebody told you that you was that, and you held on to it, and you held on to it for their life. And the moment that anybody touches it, even if it's negative, you get extremely defensive. And you find identity in that negative thing. You find identity in those different things. And so, you know, it's important for us to understand that, like, we serve a God who has given us purpose before. But we have to be, we have to tap into that, right? Like, so many times we quote uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, right? Like, I know the plans that I have for you. And then, like, we attach ourselves to everything else. But the part that we really should be attaching ourselves to is the part that says, I know the plans, which means that there is one greater than you that has plans for you. So you need to tap into what his, you need to seek him and seek God to figure out what the plans is that he has for you. It's nothing wrong with you attaching yourself to the other part, but he was very specific and he was talking to a specific person at a specific time. And so we have to understand just like with Jeremiah, he has plans for us for a specific moment and a specific time. And I, uh, I want to let Reg hop in, but one of the things that I want to say before we move forward is just like, 
Look at how intentional he was on preparing the environment for a human for humanity to thrive. He spent all this time preparing the environment, told gave them purpose and gave them what they needed, and then made them out of the dust. So understand that like there's a reason why you're here in this in this year <laughs> at this time, and it was purposed before you were born to be in this space. Mm. Bro, so, um, you know, purpose is a huge question, man. It's a huge question. And so I watch a lot of Miles Monroe, you know, these other gurus when it comes to uh, these kind of subjects, man. Um, I'm not sure that I've come to a conclusion as it relates to purpose. Uh, and, you know, I'm quick to say, you know, I'm not sure if the Bible actually says or gives a specific answer to certain things. I think the closest thing that we see to our understanding of purpose and our human existence is what God originally said. You know, when God spoke to Adam, he was speaking to us because we were a part of Adam. We were we, we came out of him and God saw us when he saw Adam and he told him to be fruitful and multiply. He told him to till the earth. Um, with that being said, then the question becomes, well, then if we want to look at Adam, then what was his purpose, right? Um, was his purpose just to replenish the earth? Was his purpose just to, uh, to subdue or to have dominion? Like, what was his purpose? I feel like a lot of times, like you said earlier, we take giftings and we take talents and we wrap our purpose around giftings and talents in which our purpose our, our giftings and talents are not the leaders or they, yeah, they're, they're good indicators, but not good leaders of understanding purpose. And so they're to be used to fulfill purpose, but they are not our purpose. Even the scripture says that the gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. So a lot of times when we think of that scripture, we think about the gift, but the gift, let's say my gift is singing. It opened the door for me but it didn't open the door for the gift per se, it opened the door for me. So then what is my purpose after the gift opens doors for me? I think the ultimate purpose of us as sons of God is to establish the kingdom of God in the earth, no matter what the talent is. Um, to give as a parable says um, with, the, with the servant with the one talent and the two and the, what was it? One, two and five, uh, those, those servants uh, who had those talents I think what God wants really is a return on his investment. Now, if we want to be specific, if we want to be clear, this is where I go into the technologies of the kingdom of God. This is where prayer and fasting and all of this comes in to become aligned or in tune with God's will and God's purpose for right now. Right. Um, I think we kind of uh, we, we and and again, I have mixed feelings about this because I listen to the Tyler Perry who says, take one talent, focus on that talent, make that talent great, you know, and then, you know, move from something else. Uh, but then at the same time, I believe in the jack of all trades thing, because just from a functional point of view, bro, um, if I didn't start making scarves in one season, I wouldn't have been able to pay my light bill. If I didn't start making beer bomb, I wouldn't have been able to pay the car note, right? And so all of these gifts had to, had to work in their own time and in their own season. And so I couldn't just focus on one thing and then move to uh, move to another thing. So all of this to say uh, that I believe that we are given many gifts and many talents not to be leaders, 
but to be instruments or tools to lead us towards God's purpose for our life. Now, when it comes to the ultimate purpose, I think as sons, it is to establish the kingdom of God, no matter what that looks like. And if we want to get more detail, then we got to lock into what God is. Our purpose is found in the presence of God. Uh, so you look at a fish, right? Fish prospers in the sea. Birds prosper in the air. What are their purpose? Okay, what are their purpose? We don't know, but what we do know is, what we do ultimately know is that they cannot fulfill it if they're not in their terrain or domain. So if I am in my domain or terrain, fish prosper in the sea, birds prosper in the air, I prosper in the presence of God. If I am in the presence of God, therefore I am able to hear the voice of God and be led by the spirit of God. And if Goliath is standing before me, well, then I need my rocks and my slingshot. If the, if, if the bear and the, uh, uh, the tiger, whatever David fought, uh, fought off with the sheep is before me, then I know I need to fight with my bare hands. If Saul is before me, then I know I need to pick up my instrument and play my instrument. My purpose is being fulfilled as I am led by the Spirit of God through all the talents, the channels, and the instruments that God has given me. So we don't have to pigeonhole ourselves or, 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 or put ourselves in this position where we feel like this is my talent. I'll say this too. When I grew up, I only wanted to work in church. I am a bona fide church boy. I love God. I was embarrassed by how much I love God. The Spirit of God would come on me, Ezekiel, sometimes in church. Everybody else my age, they were not interested. I'm sitting in there trying to hide my tears because I feel the presence of God in a worship service. Always loved church. Always thought that my only job was going to be in church. Didn't want to be a pastor, but I thought that was going to be my only job. When God pulled me outside of the church and, and caused me to do other things, you know, now in government and stuff, I came out kicking and screaming because I did not want to do anything else. But what I realized was that God used the church as an institution of education to develop me, to give me some skills and some talents and some character and all of that stuff that I needed to have in order to go out into the world and to fulfill purpose, right? To fulfill my purpose. And a lot of the stuff that I learned in God by way of the avenue of the church, I was able to take even till today to use in my purpose when I stand before you know, I sent y'all the, the video the other day when I'm before councilmen and, and people from D.C. and all of this stuff. And so, again, man, I think we should just find ourselves, number one, and, and, and people are going to say that this is spiritual. And I've talked too long, so I'm going to shut up. People are going to say that this is real spiritual. I always feel like people are going to tell me I'm being too spiritual. But, man, there is, there is no greater resource of finding purpose than in the presence of God, you know, seeking God for his will concerning your life, it will, it will guide you in ways that nothing or nobody else can guide you. And it will help you to understand what God has for you to do now. What if David would have said, well, I'm a musician. I can't fight Goliath because I'm a musician. Or what if he would have said, I'm a fighter. I can't play for Saul because I'm meant to fight. What if he would have wrapped his whole, and this is what we do sometimes too, because at one point I was a worship leader. I was very well known for that, and I thought I was going to continue to stay in that. What if David would have wrapped his whole life in that moment with Goliath and not allowed nothing else that was in him to come out because he felt like God created me to be a fighter, but God had created him to be so much more. So that's my thoughts on it, bro. Can I say, bro, 
that is so like you you summarize everything with everything that you said man and i think like one of the hardships is the being part you know when when god breathed his spirit into man in the beginning that he caused man or the dust to become a living being and we forget the being part and i think if we can learn to sit in to receive uh, what God is giving to us as this, this sonship, this inheritance, then it allows it to inform every place or every position that he's called us to have. And if we could be son in those places, then we will we'll be able to clearly walk in the purpose within that vocation. What do I mean? That's by so that? good, bro. I mean, like, God is calling the son to spring forth out of you as a husband calling the sun to spring forth out of you as a worship leader. He's calling the sun to spring forth out of you as a mailman. He's calling the sun to spring. And um, it's hard sometimes because there are so many expectations of you in these categories. Like, man, if I'm an artist, then I got to be dope and I got to be swaggy and I got to be liked. And I got all of these things. And it causes us to forget that first I'm called to be sun here. And if I can learn to sit in that and be son here that as an artist then I'll, I'll have no choice but by default to move as an artist that is that is satisfying the plan of god in that time in that particular absolutely, so, absolutely. I, like I, I always remember scripture and i always read this differently now uh when jesus was telling the woman at the well hey your, your fathers they worshiped on this mountain but time will come where the true sons of God will worship in spirit and truth. God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And the way I looked at it, people always say, well, to worship, to worship you, I live. And we live to worship. And I'm like, that's not in scripture, but is it not? Like, is, is worship not the existence of a being that glorifies God? My existence in any capacity is any capacity. to give God the utmost glory. And so when I read that passage, it's, it's less about my people will, you know, I'm not thinking about the music and lifting my hands in a church house. I'm thinking about the people of God who understands that God is calling me to be truthfully and in spirit to live out his call for me in every capacity, not on a mountain Absolutely. where the fathers worship, Absolutely. but everywhere that he's called me to be, I'm going to be son as an artist. I'm going to be son as a, 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 you know, working as an engineer. And if the world could see sun before they see engineer, look, then it will allow them to understand God in ways that's going to change every dynamic and every atmosphere. God is calling us to be sun in all of these capacities. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Man, ah, that's a little like Darius trying to say something. You got to wait. Um, Man, listen. That is so good if we would just learn how to be, you know, sons. Sometimes what we really want, bro, if we tell the truth, we want the glitz and the glamour. Like we want the we want we want that Goliath moment every time, right? And that's just not it, man. To be a son means to be a son. You got a baby? Be a son. Take care of that baby, right? You have a wife, be a son in that relationship. Show up. And it's the things that we do in private that prepares us for those kind of Goliath moments. And the, the, here's the issue. 
you know, we get stuck in these, you know, fantasies and these big ideas of just trying to be something big, trying to be the next millionaire and all of that. And all of that is good. Nothing's wrong with that. But when you forsake now, you forsake every step that prepares you for that moment. And if you really want to look at what faith is as a son, faith is preparation for what God spoke. So you say that God has called you to be this or God has called you to do that. Well, then now you have to prepare. And the, sometimes the, prepare, the preparation is not the actual fight. It's the wax on, wax off. It's the part that you don't want to do <laughs> up until that point. Because you got to know that even with David, before we saw him, he was doing a job that really nobody wants to do. Nobody really, it, it, was, a, it was a traditional job of the time, but nobody really wanted to tend sheep like that. You know, that's a hard, that's a dirty job. And he had to protect them. He had so much he had to do that we did not see. But because of what he did and because of his relationship with the Lord in that pasture with those shepherds, when he came out, he came out ready. Oh, that's how you just dropped that, though? Man, come on, bro. He just muted himself. I was like, oh, okay. Um, man, I'm trying to figure out how to how to uh, intro after that. But, um, like, you, you said a lot of – both of y'all said a lot of good things, man. And, it, and, it, and one of the things that I start asking, I start asking questions, right? And so, like, we talk about being um, – and it's like, where did where did you get your being from? Like, that's a question we need to ask ourselves is where did we be, get our being from? Like, what did you attach yourself to that you decided this is how you're going to be? And one of the things that Reg that makes me go, that makes me um, reflect on that is he said, like, it may be too spiritual, but sometimes... We, we think that like, like we have to be in, like, we need to be in his presence in order to get that, right? But the reality is, is if you are a believer and you go throughout scripture, you're not going to see where identity came without his presence. There ah! isn't a space on, where identity came without it. He, even in the beginning, let us come together and then they identified, then identity was given, then being was given. And so the reality is, is it's in his presence that the instructions are given. It's in his presence that the identity is given. It's in his presence that the purpose is given. And so you can't truly, here, here's another thing, right? You can't truly worship God if you're not doing what he has given you to do. It's not possible because because the worship worship is doing what glorifies him. Worship is was getting giving him the glory. So if you are out of purpose, if you're out of line, if you're out of alignment, if you're not doing what it is he told you to do, then it doesn't matter what comes out of your mouth. What you're doing doesn't align. So you're no different then somebody just proclaiming that Jesus is Lord, but your actions don't show it. If your actions don't show it, if you're not doing something that, that says that this is it, you know, you, you're just, you're just, some of us are no different. And I, I say this a lot, but I think we need to really grasp the concept of how, how, how in error the Pharisees and the Sadducees were. 
It wasn't that they didn't know. It wasn't that they didn't have the head knowledge. The knowledge was there. They they had the knowledge. They they had the they knew the verses. They knew they knew the Torah. That wasn't the problem. The problem was they didn't know the God of the Torah. And so the problem is with some of us is we don't know the God of it, right? right. Like in the beginning was the word, right? We talk about this. The reality is, is that he superseded what was written and superseded after revelations. Like he's still there after. One of the things I always say is like the end of the Bible, when you get to revelations, it doesn't say the end. So Bro. it doesn't mean he stopped moving. Come on. It doesn't mean that he stopped, he stopped identifying. When we go through our scripture, he finds people, a lot of times when people are given their identity, even through our scripture, it's in a place where nobody else is around. Mm. Mm. Joseph, mm. Joseph had his mm. dream. Wasn't nobody else around when he had his dream. Gideon was in the wine press. Nobody else was around. Pretty Abraham strong. was by himself. Like uh, too many times we're trying to find everything with others when we need to come from amongst others and let him tell us who we are let him show us who we are bro and be okay with the totality that everything that has been instilled in us is a part of it i love what you said reg like too many times we wrap up we wrap our purpose up in our gifts right david david since that's the example we were using was everything that he needed to be in each area of his life he was the shepherd and was in purpose. He was the worshiper and was in purpose. He was the warrior and was in purpose. He was the king and he was in purpose. Like all those things allowed him to do that. And another thing that I don't want us to do is throw away what once was in one season because we're in a new season, right? Yes, sir. Because if David got rid of the musician in him, we wouldn't have songs. Uh, come on bro so it was still there it never disappeared I mean it never disappeared it was just shelved for a season but it was in that that he's, he still tapped into it so everything that you are is necessary for where you're supposed to be and necessary for where you're at you just have to understand that sometimes other parts of you will be highlighted and other times it won't like the father in me is highlighted when I'm with my kids. It's not highlighted when I'm in here with y'all. Oh, it doesn't mean that I'm not a father. It just means that right in this moment, that's not the part of me that, I, that is present. Come on, bro. And that's bro. the part of me that's necessary. Bro, man. man. You, I, can I say this, man? First of all, my mind is just going crazy. Um, and what you made me think of is just how God, I don't say God is obsessed with image, but God, you know, he has this thing about image. And so let us make man in his image. I think it's interesting that with the genetic code, the thing that is passed on is the thing that causes, you know, it causes the offspring to reflect or to share the features of the origin. So we know that uh, the son is connected to the father. Why? Because you look like your daddy. Uh, that, that, that like daddy looks like this and son is this. He pulled features from the father. In other words, son's, part of the son's purpose or the main purpose is to reflect the father's identity. 
And I think this is why I think we get, man, we've gotten God twisted. God is so, God wants to preserve this identity and this image so much. The reason why he's calling us towards righteousness and against sin is to preserve that identity. If God has, if God desires to show himself through us, basically a living and walking mirror, then when we get in the way and get so caught up with ourselves, our sin, our disobedience, it mars and contaminates and blurs and smudges that image. And so in, in that purpose, while people are trying are, are desiring to get glimpses of God, they're getting your 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 attitude, they're getting your pride, they're getting your insecurity, they're getting mm. Mm. and that and that and that's that's part of it. So I'm wondering, man, so if we're talking about hey, a bro if broken image uh breeds broken purpose, I wonder how many of us are operating in broken purpose. We're living with broken purpose and people are getting partial, smudged, images of God. And we're wondering why it's just everybody's, hey, well, nobody trusts God. They don't want to come to the church because all of his images are being smudged by, I mean, and sometimes it's things like trauma. Sometimes it's things like insecurity. Sometimes it's things about everything somebody else told you and that you're wearing that and your God is saying, that's not me. That's Bro. not me. You don't look like me no more. Like, and so this is why God is like, he's calling, he's preserving us. He's keeping us uh, mainly because he's preserving the image that he designated us for, for the world to be able to reap and see God as they ought to. And, 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 and in essence, allows us to see God as we ought to, because we begin to see what he designated for our true features. And those things begin to shine. So I just want to say that, man. Bro, let me say let me say something in addition to that, man. So like so if we take what you just said, we go back to David. Right? David, David's father didn't think highly of him. David had no that we know of, he didn't have no mentor, and we didn't see a whole lot of friends at his younger in his younger life. But he till this day is one of the world, one of the most recognized men on the face of the earth, Christian or non-Christian. And it's also noted to be one of the most talented, multi-talented persons on the planet. Why am I bringing this up? Because David found all of that in the presence of God in relationship with God. And we know this because God himself, the only time he says this was about David. He said, this is a man after my own heart. Because he was after God's heart, God enabled him with ability that superseded the ability of almost any other man that we've ever known to exist on the face of the earth. A lot of us, we feel like we got to chase after the mentorship. We feel like we got to go to every guru class and whatnot. And I'm not against that. I go to some of them. But you can't forsake. You can't look for purpose and overlook the presence of God. You cannot look for purpose and trying to, you know, uh, uh, build family wealth and generational wealth and forsake the presence of God. Because here's the thing. 
even before David knew all that God had for him, before David knew that God had set him up to be the king, David had a relationship with the father. He found purpose in his relationship with the father. And because he had a relationship with the father, God would not even allow him to be overlooked. The relationship was the foundation of it all. So even when I look at gurus and people that I would love to mentor me, and I got a list of them, no, they are only resources. There's only one source. There's one source. And I have access ah. to that source. They have no wisdom that exceeds the knowledge of the wisdom <clears throat> of God. None. David learned all of this stuff by himself. Nobody trained him. The, his brothers had been trained for war, but were afraid of the enemy. David was in the backyard playing with slingshots. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? If we would learn to value relationship with God, I know we're talking about purpose here. I know we're talking about purpose, but you cannot overlook this important element and this foundation. And yeah, you might, look, you may end up being very successful, but something's going to be missing. Something's going to be broken. Something's going to be lacking. You're not going to have joy. You're not going to have hope. The fruit of the spirit is not going to be there because you can only find this stuff, man, when you're in the presence of God and when you go about this God's way and he'll lead yourself. And look at this. You won't have to worry about the sweat of your brow. So let me just use myself as an example. I have been fortunate to travel to many countries. In fact, before I had, at one point, I had done more traveling outside of the country than I had done in the United States of America. When I started flying domestically, I didn't even, I, it was a totally different world for me. I didn't know you couldn't take the toothpaste and stuff. Because when you go, when you go out of the country, you can take a bag. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You ain't got to pay the extra $25, $30. Like, I, I didn't know, know what that was like. I, I have not had to pay a dime for maybe except one of those trips. Every single opportunity that God gave me, he paid for. And why am I bringing this up? I'm not saying this to talk about myself. I didn't know that the Lord had called me to nations. I just love God. I didn't think I was that good of a singer. I just love God. I did not know that I was called to be an advisor in government. I just love God. And he would leave me there. He would cause people to notice me. I remember I went to a, uh, a training for geographical information. I can't even remember the name. Geographical Information Systems, I believe. Right, GIS. Right, I went to the training. Knew nothing about it. Knew nothing. I just honored the word of my, of my then um, uh, department chair. She was my, oh, I can't think of the words right now. She was my advisor, right? Something I learned in church to take heed to your advisors, right? I, I learned to listen to those who were above me. And so because of that principle that I learned in church, I learned with God, I took heed to that principle when she said, come to this meeting, bring your resume, dress up. I didn't go in. I didn't know who I was going to see. And I didn't know nothing about where I was at. I went in there. I wore a suit. I took my resume. 
while they were in there talking, I had two classmates in particular that were going back and forth, talking stuff that was all over my head. I had no idea. I just sat there, just looking like, I know I'm not going to get a job here. Do you know that at the end of the day, about a month later, I get a phone call? And do you know what they tell me? They say, we saw the work that you've done in church. And we want to start a nonprofit, and we need somebody to lead our million, our multi-million dollar nonprofit. The people who were more qualified for the job did not understand how I got to, and, and I'm bringing this up because when you are in God, man, God makes your, the fulfillment of your purpose easy. You just walk with him. You just not, walk with him. It's not just easy. Bro, purpose chases you. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So things are working. Nine to five, not nine to five, 24 seven things are working and laboring, not on behalf for your sake so that you could do what you want to do, but God's purpose is, is chasing those who love him. God's purpose and is causing things to work together. I mean, here's the thing. When you love God and when you're going after his heart, yes. you will not be able to escape God's plan. It comes hand in hand. Like you, you, like you can't love God and escape his plan. And God's plans are good yes, plans. So in other words, you cannot love God and escape evade his goodness. You could die. Man, you think you dodging God? You gotta dodge that. Come on, man. You got you can run. And God is like, you, can, you cannot outrun. It's I'm I'm it's headlocking you. You can't escape the call, the position. There's so many things I, I never asked for. I don't no, I didn't ask no. Peter. I didn't ask for some of these blessings that I couldn't have prayed for them because I wasn't created enough, creative enough to pray for some of the blessings. Reg, you know the, the testimony of your house. You couldn't have you're not no. that creative. <laughs> okay, I'm finna, and I was just thinking about it, and you just confirmed on, that bro. I need I needed to share it. Say it. Y'all, I'm gonna tell y'all something. I'm gonna look y'all dead. Look, y'all look me dead in the face while I tell y'all this testimony because y'all don't believe that God is God. And I'm gonna let y'all know that God is God. Okay, I need to let you know this. I used to live in a house that I hated. I hated the house. I hated the paint on the wall. I hated how it smelled. I hated what it looked like. I was embarrassed if anybody ever had to come to my house and drop me off the way it looked like on the outside. I hated it, right? We had to move. I could barely afford to pay that rent. That rent was probably like five something at the time. I could barely afford to pay it. But when we moved, I just had something in me that said, I want to move to something nice. We're not going backwards. We're going to find something nice. So I looked, I looked, I looked. Finally found this really nice place, right? I called the lady to get into the place. The lady calls me and tells me, basically in so many words, because I'm, uh, I gotta be careful what I say on this live, but in so many words, she wouldn't even allow me to come and look at the place. Okay, so me and my wife, we go riding around. We're just looking for places. We see this sign that says luxury condominium, and it says some other things, and it has a, a phone number on there. Call the phone number. The owner answers the phone. He says, yes, I'll take you to it. Guess what? It's the house that we were looking at that the lady would not even allow us to come and view. 
we get in the house. We could not afford the house. The landlord brings the, brings the price down of the house, and so we stay in the house. We stay in that house for three years. After that, something happens. We have to move out, but I don't want to move out the neighborhood. So I go around trying to see if we have a vacant place. I finally asked the owner of the, uh, not the owner, but the, uh, uh, the president of the Homeowners Association, who owns this house and what's their contact information. He gives me the number. He says, he says, here's the number, but we haven't been able to get in touch with her in two years. Good luck. I call her. Guess what? She answers the phone. So I tell her the situation, tell her I want to move. Long story short, this lady, she says, choose the paint you want, choose the carpet you want, choose the refrigerator, choose the microwave, choose the stove. I'm going to give you a key, and we're going to get them to fix it up just how you want it. So they fix it up. I'm nervous now because I don't know how much the rent is going to be, okay? I just paid $1,200 at the one that I was at, so I'm thinking it's going to be at least $1,200 here. So um, a couple of what what just happened hold on yo we got to finish that testimony no hold on hold on we got to finish that testimony <laughs> the devil is alive <laughs> oh man i'm renaming this purpose unleashed unleashed okay 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 hold on hold on john john jumping on this one Oh man, hold on, hold on. Let me pin this, uh, pin this, and let's bring, uh, let's bring everybody back in. What happened, Reg? We need to finish that testimony. Ah, uh, what happened? Y'all gotta hear the end of this testimony, y'all. Do not leave until you hear the end of this testimony. It's crazy, bro. That's stupid. The devil is stupid. Oh, we got, oh, we got all eighty of them back though. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. It's going to be it's going to be more this time. Look at that. Look at that. Amen. Share this with your friends. All right. And look, while we have this intermission inter intermission while we <laughs> while we have this intermission, don't forget we got Restore New York coming up October the 1st. That's in like 10 days. Go to Band of Brothers intl.org register for it it's going to be in brooklyn new york it's going to be dope man go over yeah. there and register for it now if you can't come if, if you're a female go over there to that website and sponsor a brother let somebody know about it like it's going to be it's going to be on fire okay y'all ready to hear the rest of this testimony yeah okay y'all ready i gotta make sure y'all ready okay so um what where was i at um it's time to have a conversation with the mystery woman. Finally, look, reach the lady, the, the mystery woman. Everybody, nobody's been able to reach her in two years. I called, she answered the phone. This place, nobody lived in this place for two years. The person that was in here left it a, a mess. It was a dump. Wait. Is he breaking up? Darius, you here? Bro, he disappeared. You got to be <laughs> kidding me right the now. The devil don't want this testimony out. It's too good. It's too good. But you here. You straight. This is crazy. It's he got crazy. kicked out. <laughs> He's frozen. Yo, come back, bro. Come back. Come back. And I'm trying to get John on, and it's freezing up on him. Bro, bro, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Hear you. Oh, man. Hey, y'all better lock in. <laughs> y'all better lock in for our tweak out. Listen, 
Rez, we can hear you, but you frozen. I'm still frozen? Yes. I I can hear you. I can see you. You can see me? Yeah, I see you standing up. You standing up, bro. I can see you. All right. Y'all see me? All right, cool. All right. So, so she fixes the house up. She gets whatever I ask for. No lie. When it comes time to talk about how much the rent is going to be, we get on the phone, and I say, okay, now, it's time for me to move in, and we hadn't talked about rent. I just know she's going to give me a, a crazy price because at this point she knows I'm desperate and I got to move into this place in a few days. So we had a conversation and the lady says, y'all want to know what she said? We want to know what she said, dog. <laughs> the lady said, if you want to know, you got to type, I want to know. Y'all got to work. Reg, come on, man. You already <laughs> been uh, freezing and getting kicked out. <laughs> yep. Y'all got to say, I want to know, right? I want to know. Y'all said in the chat so he can say hey, I just see one yep. Yes, yes. I need five of them. I need five of them. <laughs> I need five. I need hey, five. Wow. Okay. LOL. Okay, that's four. Okay, I want to know. I need ten. I need five more. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I want to know. All right. I want to know. Oh, Y'all ready? Y'all want me to say it? <laughs> Come Listen, on, bro. Y'all. Oh, Sade. <laughs> Listen, okay, here it is. Y'all, I have been standing in this house for probably five years now. I never filled out an application. I never did a credit check. I have never seen the owner in person. I only spoke to her over. See, 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 see. You got to be kidding me, bro. You got to be kidding me. You still muted, bro. You still muted, Ezekiel. I can't hear you, bro. That brother, that brother playing, man. Listen, John, I'm like, bro, yeah, get right. it out already. Yeah. This brother right here, he tripping, man. That brother tripping. <laughs> come on, come on back on, man. Yeah. We're going to have to tell your testimony, man. You're going to have to tell the rest of it, uh, Z. <laughs> hey, we can't we can't hear you, bro. You got your volume. We on? can't hear you, Ezekiel. Oh, oh, what about now? What about now? Oh, there you go. We can hear you now. Oh, okay, yeah, my bad. I had it on mute. But what is going on, Red? Just, Red plays Red, so much. He plays his show. How we get him back on? How do we get him back on? He got to get on. He got a request. Come on, Red. Come on, we gotta hear the end of this thing. Ain't no way. Okay, let's see. No requests. I'm got. I'm about to add him. I'm about to add Reginald. Okay. Uh, let's see. All right. I'm about to add him. All right. They say he just joined. I see him. You see him? Yeah. It said he joined. Okay. Oh yeah, I see him. Uh, Reginald. See, 
stop Red playing. Red will stop playing. Y'all ready? Yes. Where'd John go? Okay. It don't matter. Just right. finish, bro. Y'all, I got to make sure everybody's still here. Just finish. That's what happened the last time you were trying to make sure. Just finish. I just got to make sure. I had to get on my regular IG for this. Four years. No credit check. No application. Hadn't paid one dollar. That's how the kingdom of God works, man. I'm trying to tell y'all God is real. Reg, four years? Going on Say five, it again, Reg. How much have you paid in four years? Z Zero. Zero. I can't. I still don't believe it. I still don't believe it. It's crazy. Well, I don't. Need, I, I don't. Need, I would show you proof, but ain't even no paperwork to show proof. <laughs> hey, Rick, Somebody said you squatting. Squatting, <laughs> <laughs> well, <I didn't>, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> somebody <sighs> said somebody said ppp long no man listen y'all and this is what i say though this is what i say because people don't believe it for real when you're when you're a son of god you live in the kingdom of god and the kingdom of god has its own economy and this is the example that i give when i was in college and i was in church and one of the church mothers would send me a 20 dollar bill my god them 20 dollars would be a blessing. Y'all see, Ezekiel ain't never been broke. There's y'all been rich all your life. <laughs> hey, you wild. Bam, you don't even you don't know, 20... bro. If you wanna if you wanna go broke stories, I, I I'm sure I'll I'll do you, my my boy. Bro, I don't know, bro. I'm I'm from Alabama, bro. I'm from Alabama. I, I was bro. born in Huntsville, Alabama. I, I I've lived Look, roaches, I've lived roaches and rats. Don't play it, me, dog. Don't preach play. it, Alabama. Okay, listen, okay, but just like those $20 when I was in college, that mother would give me them $20. I'm like, okay, I'm finna get some gas money. I'm finna, uh, you know, give me something to eat on the way home. You know, I'm good with the 20, right? And the person that gave me the 20, it didn't hurt them to give it to me. It was lunch money for them. As you grow, then you'll, you understand that more people have more things. So I got to the point to where I could give a college student $20. It don't bother me. Me and my wife, we continue to grow. We had clothes. We've given away a car. We've given away a room for somebody to stay and not have to pay anything. This is how the kingdom of God operates. And so there are people who have treasures in earth. I'm not just stored up in heaven. They have mansions. Yeah. They have houses and condominiums like what I'm living in. They have cars. They ha everything that we need already exists in the kingdom of God. It's a part of the kingdom's economy. And it's really just waiting on us to show up as sons. And so like Ezekiel said, when you're operating according to the purpose and the plan of God, and you're seeking after God, purpose chases after you. These things chase goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. You don't have to hustle. Even as a designer, y'all, my prices are up there, right? They are up there. And, bro, it is, the business is killing. It's selling. 
I didn't go to design school. But God just gave me a, it's a talent. And in the presence of God, God cultivated these things. He trained me, he developed me to be able to use these things and these things begin to work. But the presence has to come first. A fish, I don't care what, I don't care how big it is or how small it is, it cannot do anything outside of the sea. Can't do anything out of water. The majesty of a bird, I don't care how big or how small it is, it cannot do anything if it's not in the air. The majesty of the sons of God, it cannot be seen or fully expressed, whether it be through talent or purpose, outside of the presence of God. I'm done, bro. Bro, I, I, first of all, your testimony is magnificent. It's so amazing, and just everything you just it, said from the from the bird to the fish to the I'm gonna remember that for the king for the sons of the kingdom of God, the majesty, the glory is not fully expressed and understood outside of His presence. I'm wondering how many are how many of us are living short-changed existences, like and and deceived and thinking that we're effective or thinking that we're successful or thinking that we're living when outside of his presence, we have not lived. Mm. It's, it's so crazy to think that, you know, we got it or we're gifted or we're talented, but outside of his presence, we haven't seen anything yet. Mm -hmm. And so it is an encouragement like uh, my brother uh, Reginald's testimony. I know John got some testimonies. It's similar stuff. A lot, all of us have similar testimonies where purpose has literally hunted down his children, hunted us down. And you think, here's the thing, here's the craziest part about it. I don't care how skilled you are and gifted you are, but if you try to evade his purpose and his voice and his design, you can try. Look, I've tried. Look, when I was a when I was rapping, trying to rap for the kingdom of God, I've tried to be famous. <laughs> I've tried to, you know, get out there. I've tried to work it out. I've tried. We've tried to get houses. <laughs> when we had the money, we tried to get houses. We've tried to get from here to there. It's not the resources that land you where God designs for you to be. It is literally yielding yourself to his voice, his plan, his presence. And I, I want to hear more testimonies, in fact, uh, from my, my, my brothers, Darius, uh, from uh, John. I want to hear testimonies like this just to encourage you because some of my brothers are discouraged. It's hard because it seems like, man, everything I put my hand to, everything I put my head to is failing. And this is not just about seeing some type of worldly success as others have seen it. Because the truth about it, like, like Reginald was saying, the flip side of what you were saying is, is, is this. There is a fish and five loaves effect for those who are obedient to him and in his presence. I'll tell you this. Absolutely. Man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. With God's presence, <clears throat> what you will consider not financially set will be more than enough for the season that God has you in. So you can never be in the, where God calls you to be and truly live in lack. You can't really be in lack because if you're where God calls you to be, then you'll have enough for what he's calling you to do. 
And then when he calls you to the next level, he's going to call you to do more. And he's going to call you to give more. And he's going to call you to sacrifice more. So, so if you're in a position, especially my brothers, and you feel like, man, I just don't have enough, do you not? Because like you said, David was with the sheep and sheep and and in that in Come that on, space, environment, the sheep, the lamb, the sheep, he had enough to go to 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 get yeah, the materials to fight Goliath already. And so I think sometimes we think that like man there is there's there's a level that we have to attain and it's only gonna come by acquiring education and it's only coming by acquiring skills. Yes, those are great accessories, but but God wants to establish you. He wants you to recognize who you are and that only happens in his presence. So yes, get the, you know, get the knowledge, get the advisors like my brother Reginald was saying, but his purpose will chase you down and that happens despite what you currently have in your hands. Seek after his heart, like my brother John said. Anybody want to add to that, Darius? I mean, all I keep hearing over and over again, I just think about, like, apart from him, we can do nothing. Mm. Like, and I don't think that we really understand that apart from him, we can do nothing. Like, there, 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 there were people in the Bible that weren't his people, and we see how their lives turned out, right? Like, people died, Came coming up against his people. He protected his people. He did whatever it took. We even, you know, I was thinking about the uh, story in, I think it's Samuel, where it's talking about Dagon and how they had captured the Ark of the Covenant and how just the presence being next to their idol caused the idol to fall. Like, like wasn't nobody else in there. They came back, the idol was down. They went again and then the idol had broken. And they, they were so disturbed by it that they was like, hey, we got to get this back to them. <laughs> like, like, we're going to take this back to them. And so, again, it's just like purpose does not happen without his presence, man. Purpose does not happen without his presence. And I just think about all the different scriptures and, and, and everything that, uh, that we see throughout scripture where, like, people are people people who have disqualified themselves but who God has seen them right with them right who God has seen seen uh their them postured right like i think about like your moses and i think about gideon those are two people that like just keep jumping out to me where like he found them in places and called them and chose them and they were disqualifying themselves they're like i don't deserve this like this i, I have this weakness i have that and they had identified with their shortcomings, but God is like, yeah, I see what you're saying, but this is what I'm saying. Like, mm -hmm. even with Gideon, he didn't even really acknowledge what he said. He's like, yo, this is what I said about you, though. Like, this is where I'm at. And so many times we have to hold on to what he said about us because the chatter from around is always going to be coming up against us to tell us something different. It's always going to be the enemy's always going to come and get us to question what he said about us, right? Like it did happen with Adam and Eve when Jesus is confirmed of being the son of God. And he goes to get tested. I mean, he goes and gets tempted. Like the same thing that happened with them. He goes and he questions what God, he gets them, tries to get them to question what God has said. And we have to hold on to what it is that he's told us for their life. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it feels like that because it's like everything may be going on around you 
and this isn't working, that isn't working, and you like, but Lord, this is what you told me to do. And Ezekiel, you you said shared testimony, so I'm gonna do that, right? Like I remember moving to a place because God said my my wife had a job, I was working doing um, consulting, and everything was going good, and then the person that I was working with consultant, he just up and passed away, like 40 years old, just didn't wake up one morning. So that, that flow of income ended up shutting down. My wife started getting migraines at the job that she worked at. So she had to come off. Um, and we have a daughter in a private school and then another, another baby that is only like, in her, I think she was one at the time. And I'm like, Lord, you told us to come here. Like we're here out of obedience. Like you got to do something. And, you know, bills is piling up, everything's piling up. And, but we're continuing to serve. I hadn't really shared what was going on with nobody outside the household. So one day we end up, um, I end up telling my pastor at the time, like, hey, it looks like we're going to have to relocate. Just a lot of stuff is going on. And then people start trying to figure out what was going on. And so um, I keep getting, uh, they keep asking like, yo, will you be able to stay longer like can you just stay longer can you stay until this day can you stay until that day i'm like yeah we should be able to stay but in my head i'm like you know but eventually we're gonna be gone and so make a long story short we're sitting at church um on a sunday and they call they call my wife and i up and they're like you know we know that y'all serve and y'all here and you know you haven't really said anything to us about everything that's been going on but based off of everything that you have going on, we want to give y'all $10,000 to cover everything that, that you got going on. And so it literally covered everything. Wait. Wait. <laughs> wow. You can't just, you can't just scoop past that, bro. <laughs> That's 10 stacks. <laughs> it covered everything. Like back rent, tuition was paid all the stuff that was necessary was paid and then then like a couple i think like a couple so and we were able to pay ahead so we good at this point then a couple months later i end up getting a job at tsa and this was around the time that COVID happened so everything is shutting down i'm in tsa and i'm getting paid because of the pandemic, hours and things are changing. I'm getting paid full time for only, I'm getting paid a full time 40 hour work week and I only have to go and I'm part time and I only have to go to work three days a week. Come on, bro. So the importance of obedience and the importance of his presence like i think that that's the biggest takeaway of the night is like without his presence there is no purpose come on man there is no purpose without his presence and so we have to continue to seek him and seek his presence in order to in order to be in purpose and when you're doing what he's telling you to do he's going to show up mm. John. Wait, before John takes it, because I know he's going to take it home. I just want to say one more thing, bro. <laughs> to the brother who's listening at this or listening at these tests, or sister, listening at these testimonies, and you're feeling like why it hadn't happened for me. 
be careful not to covet another man or another woman's blessings first. Just be careful in that. Wherever you are, find God. Because, you know, what some people may not know is when I when we had to work five jobs. What many may not know is when we did, when I had to walk three hours at three o'clock in the morning to get to work, you know. So just like with David, before he was known or before he was able to share the testimony of Goliath, there was a story that came before that and you may be at that place in your life. Don't forsake it. Um, don't, don't regret is not the word I'm trying to think of. Don't resent it. Find God in the place that you're in. And when you find God, you'll find favor and you'll also find purpose. Because again, faith is preparation. So if you know that God has spoken something, don't live in misery waiting for what he spoke to happen, but live in faith preparing for what he said is going to start looking like it. So even when I didn't have a car and was walking three hours to work, people would still look and say, you're dressing nice. You look like somebody. You look like you're going somewhere. You know, and so I just wanted to say that uh, to those of you guys who may feel like that you are in, um, you know, a season where you're not seeing the blessings manifest over your life, man. God is not slack concerning his promises. Whatever he spoke, he is going to fulfill. It's just not going to be on our time. Not going to be the way we think we think he should do it. But if we honor him and find ourselves in his presence, man, all of this stuff, it'll, it'll chase after us. Don't chase it. Chase him. Go ahead, bro. Man, that's good stuff, man. Hey, so I'm honest with you, my little quick little testimony, man, if that's the case. And, it's, and it speaks to everything that we're talking about right here, bro. For some reason, when Darius told me earlier on the Zoom call that folks were jumping on the live, I thought that we're going to be talking about purpose today. <laughs> and, uh, and sure enough, you guys hitting exactly on not just any type of purpose, but the context in which we're talking about it, how process precedes purpose right process proceeds purpose man and um for me you know you guys know my story man i spent 15 years in prison 15 years in prison i was a kid locked up i was a kid running the streets of sacramento and ended up taking somebody's life at 16 years old spent 15 years in prison and was blessed to be released. I was blessed to be released. That's a whole nother testimony in and of itself. I'm not going to get into that. It's a powerful testimony how God moved in that. But when I got out, I'm a convict now. I'm a convict, an ex-felon. No college degree, no real, no real background, no real pedi no pedigree, no title on my name, none of that. I'm an ex-felon, just Want to live for the Lord, and my and my and my focus was when I got out, and I used to be involved in ministry when I was uh, keep these lights on. I used to be in ministry when I was incarcerated, uh, preaching the word every week and evangelizing, discipling men, walking with men. But when I got out, I said, "Man, I'm not about to be in anybody's church talking about I'm called. Give me a title. I need to preach." My focus is to obey God. I just want to walk with Jesus. However God moves, however God works, 
my focus is to be obedient, to live for God, to live for Jesus, right? So I'm, 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 I'm working construction. You know, that's what typically, com you know, convicts go to is construction, right? Those are the, the those are the folks that tend to give us jobs and opportunities out here. So I'm working, working construction and a little bit of my background. I, I was raised with my dad doing construction and, you know, helping out. Nothing real technical, just landscape, cutting grass and digging ditches and, and shoveling rocks and stuff like that. So I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing construction at the very lowest, lowest level. I'm like the I'm like the runner. I'm 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 scrapping out debris, I'm tearing down drywall, I'm doing construction, right? And long story short, I'm about a year out, a year out of prison. And I ended up working for a demolition company. So at this time, it was hard for me to find a job. You know, I didn't have no benefits and some of the other work that I was doing. And so I finally was a part of the union, started doing demolition work. And I started working underneath this supervisor. I started working under the, underneath the supervisor. I'm not going to say what race he was, but he was prejudiced towards me. He would say things like, you know, blacks are lazy. They don't like coming to work. And there was times where he wouldn't allow me to learn like sp specific skills when it comes to construct when it comes to demolition. Now, the fleshly part of me wanted to bust this guy's head, right? The flesh, the man, the flesh. And a lot of it came from this sense of indignation, right? Righteous indignation. This guy's oppressing me. He's disrespecting me. Um, he's not giving me opportunity. He's favoring these people. I have all of these reasons. And if it wasn't to bust his head, at minimum, file some type of complaint. File some type of complaint. Fight for myself. Fight for my rights. Make, make my rights known. But as I'm going through this thing in my head, and I wasn't really thinking about filing any complaints. I was really thinking about getting on his head. God was like, look at what's in your heart, though. Look at what's in your heart. You're mad at him, but look at what, look at how he's treating, look at, look at what is going on in your heart based upon how he's treating you. Look at the response that you're having to this. And I've been walking with God, I think, long enough up to that point where I knew God was calling me into a place of his presence. That I needed to get before the Lord and say, God, change my heart. God, fix me. God, deliver me. God, remove that violence out of my heart. Not God, remove him. Not God, fix the situation. Not God, show me justice. It was God, change me. God, sanctify me. God, pure me. God, purify me. God, keep me. And so the Lord and I, you know, we're going through this process and God has taken this, this violence out of my head, but then there's this resentment. There's the resentment. It's not the violence, but the resentment. Oh, man, they just races around here, right? And the Lord was like, I want, I want, you, to give, I want you to give me that resentment too, though. I want you to give me that bitterness. I want you to give me that complaining. I'm like, man, I can't even, I can't even complain about this, even in my own head, even in my own heart. And I just started giving it over to the Lord and I started praying for that brother. 
I started praying for that brother. I started going out to lunch and coming back with like a little snack from my lunch and giving it to him. Here, bro, you want this cookie? Here, bro, you want these chips? They're just being a blessing, being a blessing to that brother. Now, mind you, up to this point, y'all, up to this point, I had been uh, on various job sites. And when I was seeing, now I'm a, I was a, you know, I'm going to try to explain it as layman as I can. I was a subcontractor doing demolition work and we work under general contractors. General contractors are the, are the, they're the controlling contractors. They're the, they're, they're the highest ranking construction team on any job site that you'll ever see. You'll have the GC, then you have the subcontractors, the folks that they hire, uh, that they have contracts with to, to actually do the work. And so the GC manages, you know, all of these subcontractors. You can have a project from 20,000 to 26 million, $100 million project that a general contractor is over and he manages the subcontract. So I'm a subcontractor, but up to this point, a lot of job sites that I was going to as a demo guy, I was talking with GCs. I was talking to general contractors, superintendents, project managers, and, I'll, and I would always be like, how can I get to where you're at? We're talking about purpose now. We're talking about purpose. I would always be like, how can I get to where you're at? And I would say little jokingly things like, I want to be like you when I grow up, right? And I would engage them. And, and, you know, we would have conversations about, you know, how, you know, what are the different ways that I can get on that level? I'm a laborer with no real skill like that, right? And so these are prior conversations that, that previous conversations that I was having with different people about coming out of where I was at and going up higher. And that was my aspiration. That was my desire. Long story short, y'all, I'm on that job site dealing with this particular supervisor, God dealing with my heart, God challenging me and stretching me and purging me and perfecting me. I get, we're working under a GC and I, and I created, I developed this relationship with the superintendent. I get tapped on the shoulder. Long story short, he was like, man, why don't you come work for us? Why don't you come work for us? I told him, I said, man, as soon as you brought that up to me, I said, man, you know, I sent him this article on my life, man. I've been incarcerated. I did time, you know, for this, for this specific crime. Back the next day, he was like, like man, I don't care about all of that. We're going to give you an opportunity, man, to come and interview. Sure enough, I got interviewed and got the job working for the general contractor, right? So now I'm on the job site. And guess who comes onto my job site to do some work? That same supervisor that was holding me down, right, is now coming to my job site. Now I'm managing him. And my heart condition towards him was, wasn't, I got to get him back. I'm going to, you know, show him. It was meant be a blessing. What you learned in the field with, the sheep continue to walk in that heart. What I showed you on the back of the mountain, continue to walk that thing out, right? And now today, I am a, I've been working for this company now three years, a little over three years. I'm an assistant superintendent making three times, over three times what I was making as a laborer. Just finished managing a $26 million project. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm running my own project, sitting up in this big old, big old truck that I always wanted. 
2020 Chevy Chevrolet trail trail ball. Man, talk heavy too. But you know what I'm saying? But what? but but it but it happened. It all started, y'all. It all started when I was in these tight places. I was in these tight places and I wasn't complaining. And I wasn't, well, I was, but I allowed God to challenge my complaining. I allowed God to stretch me and to grow me. I stopped pointing fingers and I started looking within. I went through my process. Too many people today want purpose without process. They don't want to be, which is why we got people walking out purpose, alcoholics. People work walking out purpose with these hidden addictions and sins and all these things that they're wrestling and struggling with. And it's not that we're, we're going to ever be in a place where we're floating on clouds with halos over our heads. You know what I'm saying? Like this sinlessness, we're going to always be growing and maturing, but unless we are prioritizing our process over our purpose, we're going to continue living underneath the brother said it broken purpose underneath the fullness of what God wants to do in our lives. I didn't have to fight for this job. I didn't have to strive for this job. Literally, this thing was laid right at me because I focused. And there's something that God wants to do in every single one of our lives, y'all. We have to find the, the, we have to find the, 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 the joy and, and the pleasure in being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ no matter where we're at in life, whether you're a waiter, you're pushing a broom, you're, you're opening up doors, whatever. we need to find the joy and the pleasure in being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ because at the end of the day, God's greatest purpose for us all is to reflect Jesus Christ. Lord. That's the greatest purpose. And as we learn to reflect Jesus, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, as we allow the spirit of God to lead us in those areas of brokenness, in those areas of rebellion, in those areas, in, in those hardened places of our heart, as we allow God's spirit to lead us and cause us to develop, to, to cause us to look like Jesus in those specific areas of our lives, we'll begin to see ourselves step through doors that, that, that no matter how much strength and power we have, we would have never been able to open. No matter how much money we could have acquired, we would have never been open for ourselves. Why? Because now the Lord is going before us. Mm. Now Jesus is going before us because I've allowed him to take up residence. I've allowed him to manifest. And so when I show up on a job site, Jesus is showing up with me. Where people would be racist towards you, where people would be prejudiced towards you, where people would simply be, you know, uh, uh, um, would try to hate on me because I haven't been in this thing for as long and not try to listen. Jesus would show up and cause my enemies to be my footstool and cause me to find great success. Why? Because I'm prioritizing Jesus, not purpose, not job, not ambition, Jesus. I'm telling you, as we prioritize Jesus, he will find us where we're at and he will elevate us. He will raise us up. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. But we got to do that before the, we got to humble ourselves before God and say, Lord, I'm wrong and you're right. God, I need you. Lord, my attitude ain't right. How I'm showing up at work ain't right. How I'm thinking, how I'm thinking ain't right. Lord, I need you. What's in my heart, God? Ain't right, God. 
I'm wrong, Lord. You're right. Make me to who you want me to be. Use the unfair circumstances, the unfair situations, Lord, to do something in me. Why? Because all things working together for our good. Come on. Come on. Everything's working together. for God is using all of it to, to work for our good, y'all. So let's stop looking at our circumstances and complaining and pointing the finger and, and, be, and being the victim. Let's be the victor because of who we know. In the lower, in the pit, in the valley, we can be the victor. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Come on, man. We can walk with the Lord Bro. through this thing, y'all. No matter where you're at in life, man, be encouraged. Jesus is on your side, but we got to find Jesus in the valley, y'all. We got to find Jesus in those tight spaces and allow him to do his work in us. Intimacy, presence. That's where the transformation is at. Jesus in the valley. If that wasn't the summary of everything that has been spoken, find Jesus in the valley. His presence is, is calling for you in the valley. I, I'm always so encouraged by John Sessman. I get hyped. It sounds like I'm playing, but I'm just like, I mean, if you don't believe, come on. Like, if you don't believe that God has a plan and his plan will chase those who stay, just stay close. Stay close in the station. I'll just say this, man. When you get in a position where you're able to kind of employ and you're, you're able to bless and do things like that, this is what I, I realize. You, you, it's important to stay humble, allow God to do his thing. There are discussions that may be happening on your behalf that you don't even know. And here's the core cool, cool part of it. I'm a man and we're men. And we have discussions about people who are in lower positions that we're planning to elevate the next year. They have no idea. They have no idea, but they're, they're working hard. They're coming cheerful. They're, stay, they're staying, staying positive. And those are people like, man, they have no idea. Next year, their salary is going to double. And this is man. But all we're doing is verbalizing pre-written plans of God. God is just like, oh, yeah, they just finally got the language to vocalize and have discussions about the plans that I had, re I had written before, before time what was ever, ever existed. And so while you, like John's testimony, while he could have allowed that time and that season to, to, to get revenge and to use that energy to, to, to be poisonous, he said, no, I'm going to flow with him. I'm going to flow with him. I'm going to allow God to do something in me. And what it does, it ignites and it propels that purpose towards you. He did not have to fight. He did not have to chase. And my brother Darius says, for those who have already disqualified themselves, listen, you are qualified if you've disqualified yourself. If you don't have the, if you're, if, if no one elevated you, if you weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth and there are other people that might be better positioned, you've disqualified yourself in any way or in any capacity. You are positioning yourself in him. And that is the only qualification that you need. So I'm so thankful that I'm not the brightest, that I'm not the most gifted, that I'm, like somebody was saying, um, uh, uh, Reg was saying, trained by God. God will train you in the valley. Here's the thing. When God trains you in the valley, he's going to put a sauce on you that cannot be concocted because only he has the recipe. Here's the thing. I, I don't really even know what's special about me. I don't know why people call me. 
but there's something that God put on me, on my life, that people can't, you can't learn. You can't have. And then guess what? It's mine. It's for me. Why? Because God has designated a place for me that no one else can take. And it's not for me to glory, but God wants to do something specifically. And all I have to do is avail myself to him. All I have to do is draw near to him. Look, your only requirement is not for you to work hard and hustle and use your energy. God is saying, come here. Come close. Give me your, give me everything, and I will, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll make it chase you. I'll make it hunt you down. You won't be able to rest without my, my plan overtaking and overwhelming you. I want to pray tonight, and I want to pray that prayer that John, his statement that says, "God, I'm in the valley, and it's hard to see you because I, it's a mountain over here and it's a mountain over there. I, my, the mountain of my past and my failures and." The, the, the shortcomings that I have in the future, I just cannot see my future because it's just insurmountable. There are other people that have reached other levels and I, I just don't have clarity and I'm in a valley. But God, will you be with me? Will you show me me so that I can see you? God, would you move me out of the way? Would you remove the contamination so that I could, so I could be who you've called me to be here so that you could catapult and propel me in your due time. I'm praying, I'm, I want this prayer to be for those who feel lost, not those who feel like, you know, you settle, you settle, you settle, you settle, it's not for you. I'm talking about for those who feel lost, for those who feel like, man, I don't have a place, for those who are looking at others and saying, God has forgotten about me. This is for you. For those of you who have prayed the same prayers and it seems like you don't have the energy to pray that prayer anymore. For those of you that just feel like, man, um, I, 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 I can't pray anymore. This is for you. Uh, Darius or Reginald, if anyone, one of you feel led to pray this prayer, I just, I'm, my heart is bleeding for those who, who feel like they no longer have purpose. People are committing suicide because they feel like their value and their purpose on this earth no longer exists because of the things that they failed. The shame, the guilt is too overwhelming. The things that they thought they would have achieved, they feel like Slipped out of their hands. I want to pray for those people tonight. So maybe I don't pray, but I I, I will say this. I can't hear him. Is is everybody hearing him? No, I can't hear him either. I can't hear you, Rich. Okay. Can you hear me? <coughs> yes. A little bit. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, now? Yeah, that's yeah. better. All right, cool. So, so purpose is established in Jesus. Success is the fulfillment of God's purpose for your life, no matter what that looks like. People, I don't care what the world says, the world wants Jesus. When you give them Jesus, elevation, promotion, increase, it happens. They're looking for Jesus. And if you can begin to reflect him, then the issue is we're trying to show up as ourselves. And we're trying to perfect self and then show up. But if we show up like Jesus, how do we do that? What John said right now. You know, you're feeling frustrated and you're allowing your frustrations to speak. You're allowing your frustrations to act out. Some of you, you, you can't come out of your addictions to, 
to meth or to porn or to drugs because you're in this spiraling cycle because you're stuck on self and you're not allowing God to really process you uh, at this point in your life, man. Uh, if you would just submit, like John, just say it. You know what? God, get this hatred out of me. It's a righteous indignation and I should be mad because they are overlooking me. They are treating me wrong. My dad wasn't there. They are not supporting me. But God, I'm not going to allow this to cause me to resent where I am or to facade small beginning or to cause me to not reflect you. If you would allow God to work uh, in that capacity in your life, man, I, I guarantee you, brother, when they see Jesus, oh, sisters, when they see Jesus, bro, sister, it's going to open doors, man, that no man can shut. Let God work on those little things, man, in your heart. Hallelujah. Darius, you want to pray? Um, yeah, I'll pray us out. Uh, Father, we just come before you thanking you for, for, for showing up tonight, God. We thank you for your presence. We acknowledge your presence. We thank you for being God. We thank you for being a merciful God and a compassionate God. Father, I just ask that you show up and show out in the midst of the valley. Allow us to be sensitive to you for those of us who are in the valley, who's questioning everything that's going on around us, who don't quite understand what's going on. Allow us to find humility in the, in the, in the places where we may be feeling ourselves or feeling some type of way, the bitterness, the frustration, the anger based off of the environment that we are in right now. And we don't quite understand what's going on. Father, I ask that you give us peace, understanding in the midst of the painful places, in the midst of the valley, God, allow your love to shine through, allow your light to shine through. Father, I thank you for each and every individual that is on here now and those who will tap in. And I ask that you continue to just meet us and meet them exactly where they are. Allow us to be more sensitive to your voice. Allow us to be more sensitive to your presence. Allow us to understand that our purpose is found in your presence, God. If for nothing else, God, I just ask that you begin to reveal to us our purpose. Allow us to be set, allow us to separate ourselves before you to hear what it is that you have to say, to get the instructions for you from you for what's next, to get the instructions from you what our life is supposed to be about. Allow us to have divine alignment right now, Father. And most importantly, allow us to be in a place of change and submission. Allow us to look at ourselves and understand that, that it is necessary for us to pivot and to move, that we don't have to accept what they said about us and even the, the negative thoughts that we have, but we accept exactly who it is that you asked us to be. Allow us to walk into being. Allow us to thrive in being and being the sons and the children of God that you called us to be, God. Allow us to be the true sons that we're supposed to be, just like Christ. Allow us to walk in his habits and to have his heart and to be the full representation of who you are in this earth. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.